Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these. Go to 11. Once again, beneath the bell. Joining me, as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what is going on, my friend? Well, man, I am podcasting, wait for it, outside. Ooh. And I'm enjoying a nice uh, Monte Cristo cigar. And it got me thinking about... Uh, yeah, we think about one Joe Thorne, who I've got a beef with right now. Okay, talk to me. about I don't that. know. Well, do you did you hear their their bonus episode they did about the Twitter blow up about whether uh, David is a rapist? No. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go I don't want to talk about that whole okay. issue because it's been done to death. I, although, by the way, having stood right where David looked down and been there with Cliff Graham, who was parsing it all out and seen right where the Mighty Men's homes were, now being excavated. I think I have some great insight to it, but I'm, I'm not even going to bother. I don't want to enter the fray. My thing is, he was complaining about how everybody was being so shrill and mean, and he got to the end of the episode, uh-huh. and he said, you know, there were some people who, who were, you know, kind and, and listened. Not everybody went to eleven. <laughs> and immediately I was triggered. <laughs> and I mean, there's a 99.9% chance that uh, he was not taking a shot at us. But that point one is still there. And that's enough for a, a reformed uh, podcast feud. I think. That's right. That's all we need, man, is that point one percent to jump into it. In fact, I don't even need that. I just need <laughs> the promise that people will get worked up into a, a lather. <laughs> so we're coming for you guys. Uh, they're in, in, uh, whatever the name of the suburb of Chicago that they're in, we're going to find what it is and we're going to map quest it and we're, and we're headed your way. That's right. And we're going to ask you this, man, if you could go into the ring, if you had to step into the ring with one of the two guys with you, probably like MMA, right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who would you go? Who would you pick? Uh, I would, I would have to go Thorn just because he's smaller. Yeah, I thought you might say that, and <laughs> I wouldn't. Okay, talk to me about and that. Even though, I mean, first of all, Jimmy is like he's physically much bigger than me, but he's a sweetheart. Like he's a he's a teddy bear guy. You yeah, can tell yeah. that. Um, you know, I, and and so you've got that probably like even if he if he got me pinned to the ground, he wouldn't pace me for too long. Um, <laughs> but I think that Joe Thorne, despite being much smaller in stature than than either of us, yeah, it's just like he's one of those guys. He's like a Tyler Durden man. He would be a whirlwind. <laughs> he would be unstoppable. He would never stay down, you know. And and I think the Tasmanian I, devil of the reform community. I think so. I think if it came down to it, it, it would be. I, I would rather get in the ring with uh, Ferdy than than <laughs> Joe. Thorne. I, I mean, I just think I think all that something about all that cigar smoke has has hardened his sinews and muscles. All that t- tattoo ink, yeah, it's like know. it's like our armor, right? Oh uh, man, I, lo- I love those guys, and uh, but but I'm coming for him, and it's on, <laughs> on now. Oh man, well, someone who's not on your list this week, dude, is. Uh, our good friends at Mission Aware. Tell us about Mission Aware. Oh, my gosh, dude. So Jeff came through like a champ. It was – I've been – you know, we have the fun little uh, uh, playful banter. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I've been complaining a bit that my my busts had not arrived super promptly. And Jeff realized this, and he just packed this package full. 
um, which is a kind thing to, and, and honestly, at the end of the day, uh, well-deserved thing for a guy who's been, who's had three podcasts, all of which have promoted missionware. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, dude, geez, this stuff is so, so cool. Uh, I've gotten a number of packages. I've, I've actually bought a bunch of stuff from them and it's funny. That stuff comes really quick. Um, but, uh, this is the best kind of, I, th- I think it keeps getting better. This is the best shipment I've gotten. Uh, and what I want to just, I, I'm going to have stuff to talk about for weeks every time we do this segment, nice. but these, these busts. Now I had the option I told you of possibly getting, being like amongst the very, very first people to get the like ivory coating. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I did not. Nice. I got, let me, I'll describe them to you. They're sm- a little smaller than I thought. And I was glad. Okay. Um, because I was thinking if they were enormous, it might look kind of weird where I was going to put them. Um, and they are also very lightweight. So they're, I don't know what they're, I mean, obviously everyone knew that these metal things are going to be hollow. Not, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. not going to be something <laughs> that you can pick up and, and smash your door down with or something. It's but, not the uh, shot put in track and field here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if anyone was even thinking about shot putting with Calvin or Spurgeon, you're going to have to contend with me and Joe Thorne. So I, I had originally thought maybe I would put them on my desk uh, to replace, I told you, my bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our mitzvah bookends are still there because I think these things are, are so light that a book might tip into them and, and actually knock it off the desk and that would suck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you were thinking about doing – I mean all you'd have to do is take like a regular like metal like black library bookend, put it there to hold the book up and then put this next to it. But I put it on a lighted shelf that's on my wall. So there's like lights shining down on both of these guys. Nice. And, Everyone who has ventured into my study in the last almost week since they've been there has, and you know, my, it's basically like watching it, walking into the religious tchotchke shop in, in Bethlehem when you come <laughs> to my office. It's just chock full of the tchotchkes. It's nice. tchotchke full. And uh, people notice them right away. And they're like, ooh, wow, those are really cool. They are, they're the kind of thing that you would expect to see dressing a set of like a mahogany and, uh, you know, leather office in, in a, a movie that takes place in the, the late 19th uh, century uh, amongst the very rich. You know, nice. a bust. Yeah. And these yeah. busts, they're just so sharp looking. And I am literally, I, I'm more than 100% satisfied with them because they have exceeded my, satis- my satisfaction, my expectations. I'm 155% uh, satisfied with them. And I'll tell you what, all the all the waiting, it just made my my heart grow that much more zealous for them. And the moment of unboxing, my wife said I was like a like a little child on Christmas morning. <laughs> nice pulling those things out of the box and and setting Spurgeon down next to Calvin. And I I don't know where because the, the way I have it set up, it's just basically two alcoves and ones on one side, ones on the other. But I'd like to add Luther to the mix because I'm getting more and more Lutheran all the time, and uh, <laughs> I may I may have to think that through. Nice, nice. Very cool. So, yeah, go to the missional where – there's so many of these things. Whoever your theological hero is, I mean, not if it's like Nadia Boltzweber or something. But <laughs> if it's an actual like uh, reformer or uh, after the Reformation for a couple hundred years even, he's got, he's got the guys. Uh, and uh, y- you, should, you should get in on this. It, it will punch up your – you know, get rid of the man cave. No better yet. Supplement the man cave with a true study, and 
one way to go tr- true study is a leather desk blotter. Every man needs one oh, of those. Yep, yep, yep. And mm-hmm. another way is to get some busts. All of you, basically, you win then in in a in a study measuring contest. That's right. Uh, you've got busts. You're the winner by default. <laughs> and if one of them is Spurgeon, you just you won the whole thing. And I mean, there's just no at comparing this, at that point. There's no competing there's at that point. To be said, yeah, like like. If you would have said to me ten years ago, wouldn't it be cool to have a bust of Spurgeon and and a bust of Calvin? I would have been like, oh my gosh, it'd be amazing. But I have no idea how. And if I found something like that on eBay, it would be nine hundred dollars a piece. You know, it is now well within your means. Go forth and click and tell them Nathan and Zach sent you. That's right. That's right. All right. All the love to Mission Aware on that one. Um, now, before we transition into some of our topics, and I did say that plural, um, Zach, remind us a little bit about that uh, little thing you've got going on called a Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, my Kickstarter. It's still at ZacharyBartles.com slash audio, uh, and that'll redirect you to the Kickstarter, and it's for my audiobook bundles. Um, if you like suspense novels, uh, especially with a kind of supernatural uh, overtone. If you're somebody who who appreciates the pairing of a clergy collar and a Glock 23, um, who doesn't like that? A lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't so much anymore. <laughs> but I when those were, were kind of still in in bookshelf or bookstores uh, available for purchase, I got a number of I've been triggered emails uh, about that. But <laughs> oh well, um, you don't have to read them. Uh, but if you if you dig that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the, the kind of it's kind of mysteries. Uh, there's supernatural ones. There's some that are more about cons and heists and stuff like that. Not gramming the religious moral down your throat, you know, with the cheesy sappy scenes, but but lifting up the gospel. Uh, I've been told pretty seamlessly. That's what most of the reviews seem to say. If you like Stephen James, he said you should read my stuff. Uh, if you like Ted Decker, he's never heard of me, but sometimes he, people tell me he'll say you should read it if he had heard of you. Right. If he had heard of me and read my stuff, actually, he would be probably so intimidated that he would tell people not to read it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. How long is that Kickstarter up for, Zach? Oh, there's ten, nine more, nine more days. So nice. time is running short. And then later on, you're going to be like, oh, I think I'll check those out. And then you'll realize it's way more expensive when the, sh- the Kickstarter's done. Yep. And so, yeah. It'd be a nice to you. Treat yourself. That's right. And the the good news, Zach, is that the thing is actually more than fully funded at this point, correct? Oh, yeah. It is actually nearing double funded. Yeah. So Because largesse of Weebus. Nice. nice. And and the Burnhams, who yes. are avid listeners of this show. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, folks, definitely check it out. Guaranteed some great audiobooks from Mr. Zach Bartles. Awesome. I mean, the guarantee is sort of implied, but there's not really a guarantee. <laughs> I mean, if you hate them. Right, yeah. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> you already bought them, and I got your money, sucker. <laughs> not that, but that, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, I want to uh, shift gears a little bit and transition to a topic that had been going on with our main man, Jared, there on. Uh, Facebook, something that you and I actually talked about last July, was it correct? Last July, 
Yeah, July of 2018. Okay. And um, you guys had talked a little bit about um, – I, I saw it briefly about something with uh, communion and uh, crackers and French bread and uh, different modes. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead um, because like I said I briefly saw it but didn't have time to kind of look through it uh, just the uh, general gist of uh, what kind of followed through with some of the conversation and all that we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this but um, just want to refer people back to our episode we did back in July um, of 2018 on this because we went into some uh, we went into it extensively What's that? I th- I lost you there, man. Are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me now? Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Cool. Uh, and th- you could probably skip the stuff about uh, how we predicted what Ant Man would be about. Yeah. And uh, go <laughs> go right to the communion stuff. <laughs> it's funny that we pair these is one very transient thing with the uh, timeless. Uh, an- until the end of the world. Uh, we did another sacrament. one. Didn't we do another one where we were talking about like the rock and uh, sanctification or something like that? <laughs> I like that. I think that kind of it shows that uh, there's place to discuss everything and uh, that you don't have to – in order to be holy, you don't have to spend all your time talking about church stuff. That's right. You're allowed to care about other stuff. Uh, and for guys like us who aren't like sussing out what happened in the big game yesterday, right. there are these um, so I, I, I think what I wanted to pull away from this thing, uh, this discussion on Jared's page mm-hmm. was something I don't think we got to, uh, last July, which okay. is, I want to throw you a very common, um, kind of case study that you hear in youth ministry classes and that sort of thing. Okay. And it, it also kind of pops up in, in church, uh, uh, competencies and theology type practical theology yeah if you were i know you've done youth ministry i think you're doing youth ministry now mm-hmm. say you are bringing a group of youth group somewhere yep. a group of youth yeah a, a group of youth members youth sure. children who are christians yep and part of what you've planned to do is you are going to be in a beautiful beautiful location yeah and you thought it would be nice to have the lord's supper there uh-huh um you've talked to the leadership of the church in your case the Reverend Dutcher, uh, he has in turn checked with the Reverend James King to make sure it's okay. That's right, which and, it wasn't, by the way. Right, but he just, you know, he's, he lives a very dangerous life. He goes against Dr. King. That's right. Says, as a sacrament of the church or an ordinance of the church, you're, you're acting on behalf of the church mm-hmm. to lead this for the kids. Yep. So you get there, you open up your, your tote or whatever you brought, and mm-hmm. you realize that you forgot the grape juice – and whatever it is that you use, uh, the, the bread element, the bread sure. and the copper, both forgot. Sure. What you do have is um, – now, how I've always heard it was uh, stale donuts and flat Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, that's usually how it's done. But yeah. I'm going to say because in this scenario you've been sort of in camping or something, and this makes it less in your face. You've got some leftover graham crackers yeah. from s'mores. And you've got like some grape soda okay. um, yep. sitting there at room temperature. Yep. And you have enough to give it a little bit. Do you go ahead anyway and say what we use doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. even if it might strike some people as a little bit sacrilegious? Mm-hmm. Or do you say, oh, darn, we wanted to do this, but we don't have the elements? 
Yeah. Um, I think, I think part of that depends on how I build the trip. If, if the students are expecting communion, then to me, I think at that point, it's, it's better to have the lesson of we're doing this in remembrance and honor of Christ. And so redirecting the focus back to Christ, which is where it is anyway. Um, I think in that case, yes, I go ahead and do it. Now, if the students have no idea this is what we're doing, let's say this was a conversation just between me and Greg and, you know, the students really don't know it's coming. At that point, I might reconsider um, and I can't exactly tell you why I might reconsider. I might still go ahead and do it, but I might reconsider at that point because the expectation isn't necessarily there. What I may do is when we uh, get back to the church in that case, I may just say, hey, you know what? Before we go, I would like to um, hold communion for us um, as a way to kind of close out our trip. And so maybe do it when we get back to the church in that case. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Zach? Well, before I tell you mine, let me push it further then. Okay. You don't have something like graham crackers that – sort of resemble actually very much resemble right, leavened bread the, yeah or anything that has a even artificial grape taste you just yeah. have the stale donuts and the flat mountain dew right and so i guess in that case i would say the same thing i would really i would focus more on if if we had already set this up as this is what we're doing i would really lean hard to push in on the students the representation of what we're doing as the body of Christ. It's, you know, a bad deal. Um, Then again, I may go ahead and be like, you know what, why don't we wait till we get back and do it when we get back where all that stuff is available at the church? I think it's going to depend on if I'm thinking clearly or not in the moment, having this time to plan it out and really think through it, that would be my answer. And so I might be prepared for it. But like, if this was just thrown at me and the decision was there just right in front of me and I'm not necessarily thinking clearly, my hope would be in either situation, I'm bringing everyone back to, this is the focus of what we're doing. And so what we have to represent those things, um, you know, isn't as important as what we're actually doing in the representation of what we're doing. Um, go ahead and push back on that, Zach. My, my thought was like, w- would there be anything that, that just felt like maybe even just borderline blasphemous about someone holding this kind of like bright green swill that we associate more with like, uh, scuzzy mustaches and extreme sports than anything else that doesn't look a bit like blood and saying this is can my I, blood. Can yeah. I just amend it briefly as well and say I think it would also depend on the group that I had. I think in the moment I could assess, um, you know, if I've got a group of students that are, you know, and, and I think you, you you might know where I'm coming from with this. If I've got a group of students who are more mature and they're able to handle something like that, 
um, I would be more likely to. But if I have a group of students that are uh, not in that direction at all, and I think this is going to be more of a distraction than an actual um, representation of the Lord's Supper, then I would, you know, I would definitely nix it too. Okay. Now, my thought here is, so what it came from was a, uh, a funny little meme someone posted that said like, uh, your face you make when the communion cracker goes down the wrong pipe. And it was like a, like a, some kind of Picasso looking like guy grasping at his throat. Right. Um, and I said, cracker, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, every church I've ever been to is it's basically been a cracker. Uh, and, and it just got me thinking on this kind of thing. And the fact that it, we call it an ordinance in, in Baptist circles usually because not because the word sacrament is bad, but because it's been, uh, misunderstood, I think. Uh, and, right, and there's yeah. a lot of baggage to it for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but ordinance means it's been ordained. And what or Jesus ordained when he's uh, in baptism in the Lord's Supper was go and uh, baptize in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, meaning use water. So like if you just said Mountain Dew, you wouldn't baptize somebody. Yep. Uh, and what he ordained in the, the Lord's Supper was as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, mm-hmm. do so in remembrance of me. So there is... I don't think there's a, a legalistic slavery to, you know, it has to be wine, it ha- but it ha- does have to be the fruit of the vine a- according to certain tes- texts. Um, and and I, at some point you're not, you're not actually partaking of the ordinance if, you know, you say, all right, we're going to eat a candy bar and drink a Red Bull. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not Jesus' blood. He didn't say break a, uh, you know, a donut. Okay, it's still – actually, maybe a donut – is better than leavened bread, like like some people right. use like Wonder Bread or whatever. Right. Um, but maybe it was a jelly donut. You get you know if it was grape jelly, you get two and one. I don't know. Mm. But uh, <laughs> at right. some point, um, on one side of the thing, I feel like the further you get away from mm-hmm. the 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 stuff that was in front of Jesus when he said, "This bread and this cup do mm-hmm. so in remembrance of me," the the worse off you are. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. We don't want to be like super slavish about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like I, when I got to my church they they used regular bread, mm-hmm. uh, like French bread, and I right. was like, well, I don't we use unleavened bread, mm-hmm. uh, and we found a, a recipe. We've been doing that for you know fifteen years almost now, yep. um, and it, it seems to me like it's the the most connected to what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. But I, I just recently also saw it, and I reposted a little thing where there was a woman who had a grape allergy or some kind of thing where she couldn't have grape juice or wine. Right. And that her pastor would always put a little thing of water, and she would drink that. And, and uh, his line was, Jesus already took care of uh, you know, turning water into wine, so <laughs> you're covered. And, and in that case, you know, I think of like Rome saying it's not a legitimate host if, if it's gluten-free. So people yeah. who have a horrible gluten allergy are just out of luck. Jesus doesn't, you know, offer them the the grace that they think is inherent and intrinsic right. in the sacrament. I, I don't want to go to either of those extremes. Right. I feel like though, a cra- calling it a cracker to me mm-hmm. makes it seem childish. Mm-hmm. Having it be Mountain Dew, even if you have really mature believers, makes it seem really childish. Uh, and I I, I want to always reinforce and instill that it is a serious thing we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's I think, my, yeah, 
my take on it. Yeah. No, and I and I would agree with that, and that's why I think there are a, there are a lot of variables in in doing that. I mean, I I've planned over the years. I've planned a number of youth retreats. Um, and, and honestly, I've never done communion on those. And, and a lot of that has just been, um, intentional for a, uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, either, either the youth retreat was intended to be a, uh, mixed retreat with both believers and unbelievers. And so I didn't want to be doing this thing in, outside of the context of the church where there, I think is a more clear, explanation yeah. with, you know, service. And so I didn't want that confusion in there. Um, another reason is because I was taking, um, student leaders out. And so, yeah, these were leaders, um, you know, uh, who were, who were helping within the youth group setting, but it was still they're They're still learning and growing in the church. And even in that case, um, you know, I would I would rather let that be wrestled within the context of the the greater body of Christ than at at a youth group event. Um, and so, you know, when you when you kind of threw the question out, um, I was trying to rifle back in my memory to you know, have I ever even done it at at an event like that? And and um, you know, I think. I honestly haven't for various reasons because I think there is, and I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong to do it. Um, but I think there is something to be said of doing it within the greater body of who we're with, um, in, in a area setting. Um, now I'm willing, you know, I, I've, um, been to many different churches. Um, I actually, um, was just thinking, if I've been to any churches that have closed communion, I am aware that they're out there, but I don't think I've been to any church that has closed communion. And every time I've been to a church that has open communion, I've always partaken because this is the greater body of Christ coming together. This isn't a subset of the body um, taking communion together. And so that's always been my kind of thing with it. And I think because of that, I've been able to avoid you know, some of those, you know, potential pitfalls with, you know, the Mountain Dew and stale donuts or the Mountain Dew and, you know, M&Ms or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> so, but I, you know, I would, I would honestly have to go back and think through that and process through that and pray through that more if, if I was ever going to be in a position where that was going to be put before me, you know, if I ever full-time stepped into a youth group position, I would definitely want to be looking through that all the times I've been working with youth groups, it's been, um, internship and under guidance and direction, um, with someone else. It's always been co-leading with someone. So if I was kind of the person where everything was on me, um, you know, I, I would have to really think through that. Um, and actually that brings up something else because I know Greg, um, and his good friend, Matt Smith do a youth retreat every year. And so I want, I, I would have to ask him if they, they do communion. I don't think they do, um, but I would have to ask him if they've ever done it um, at their at their conference. Um, have you ever been part of, you know, that type of thing where you found yourself, uh, I don't, 
I was planning on doing this and I don't have what I was hoping I'd have. And so either bailing or going through with it, regretting it later. Well, I think I, in that other app, I think I talked about the time that they called me when I was on vacation. My deacons called me and said, we don't have any more of the tiny little plastic cups. Um, and I was like, Hey, good. Uh, they destroy the environment. But, uh, we were kind of, they were, they were in a quandary and they said like, do we do it or do we wait till next week or, or what? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, there's mosquitoes out here and there's equine, Eastern equine encephalitis <laughs> in our area. Maybe I should go back in Run away. to the Nakatomi smoke room. That's right. Um, but, uh, in, in, uh, that case I said, you know, why don't you just take the chalice fill it with the, the grape juice and have people come forward and do it by intention. Yeah. Uh, in which case they uh, overruled me after we hung up and said that seemed quote unquote too Catholic to two of them who are ex Catholics. <laughs> so they just didn't do it. Uh, but I, there's also been times when they tell me kind of 11th hour as we've already, uh, got the whole, they've, they've set everything up. Um, oh yeah, we found that, uh, it was accidentally grape drink, not, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, you know, less than 2% fruit juice or whatever. Right. And to me, I, I, even that, like I know, I see on everyone's face that instead of a moment of reflection, there's this kind of, sort of like, whoa, right. that was really sweet. And then this moment of like chuckling to themselves and they're totally taken out of it. And, mm. and I mean, what's the point of it at that point? If it's, if it's not going to draw you in, it's going to mm. kind of drag you out of the moment. Um, I think anything like that, especially if it came to something extreme like subbing in soda or something mm-hmm. it wouldn't it wouldn't tend to draw you in and and i don't think i have license to change these things mm-hmm. like just like i wouldn't change it from water to something else for baptism or mm-hmm. change the formula uh in any way for baptism mm-hmm. i i don't think i would be willing i think if they came to me and said oh it was just you know this just grape kool-aid should we fill them i'd say no mm-hmm. um that's that's my, my and i don't think it's necessarily quote unquote um invalid mm-hmm. if if someone goes through with that but i would just i'd prefer and wait <laughs> you know we can still right. do it once a month we've got three other weeks right. uh if it's somebody who has weekly communion and they're like should we break with that tradition or not that's a different question but mm-hmm. i i don't i don't think it's a uh, it's a secondary thing at right. best but it's definitely worth thinking through right uh that and and i think the question then on a much lower level remains for a church where they're still using like oyster crackers or right. something to say, you know, you can't break that in half, uh, you know, hold it up like and break it in half and, and kind of show the symbolism of, of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I used to have a bunch of those like styrofoam wafers with the oh, cross yeah, yeah, on yeah. them, yep. perfectly round ones, uh, that I would use for home communion. And then one day I was like, wait a minute, we've got all these leftovers, uh, right. on, on communion Sundays, <laughs> put those in a Ziploc bag, put them in the freezer and I just use those. So what, what's really beautiful then is the symbolism of this is from the same, the very same loaf that right. everyone else uses. It reminds you that this is the very same, uh, it's the same communion, even though it's a different time and place, right. it's still the same body. And like you say, it's still, you know, a universal communion. So yeah. it ties you into the congregation, even if you're not able to leave your home and right. be there at that moment. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I would uh, I'd have to think long and hard about what I, you know, would consider. And obviously under under the church as well, you know, let's say um I I start working as a full-time youth pastor for uh Christ Fellowship. 
that would be something that I want to make sure, you know, hey, talking with Greg, talking with the elders, you know, what would be our stance as a church? You know, because even as a church, they might decide, yeah, we're just, we're not going to parcel out communion like that. You know, we don't, we don't do communion separate in our Bible studies and community groups. You know, we do it as a body together. Um, and so wanting to make sure that, okay, you know, we're all on the same page as far as that goes. But then there might be other churches that say, you know, hey, if, if you, you know, you are, um, in a, in a community group or in a Bible study and you're talking about this and you want to partake of it, then yeah, you have our, our blessing to, to go ahead and, and do that. And this is what we just, you know, have as our guidelines for it, you know? So I think each church is going to vary on that. And I think part of it is going to depend on, like you said, what they're used to and accustomed to in a lot of ways, uh, for that process, you know? So if you're used to doing wine and all of a sudden you switch to, to grape juice, you're going to, you're going to notice some differences in there and vice versa. And, um, you know, so definitely, I think, I think whenever you change something, there's going to be a sense of, it's going to momentarily draw you out of the experience because it's new, it's different. And that's a natural reaction, um, you know, for any of us. But I think overall, if, you know, your, your mindset is still, okay, you know, this is why we're doing it. And I still do understand the importance of it, um, in that context, then, you know, those are, those are things that can be easily worked around. Well, I think we've solved the world problems yet again. Awesome. And, and all those of the church. So (laughs) what's there left to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But we do have some other things to talk about, Zach. You know um, what? I'm going to stand up, and I'm actually going to make my way into my home. Okay. Um, on account of the mosquitoes are coming out already. All right. Well, as you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and talk for a little bit, unless you think I'm going to lose you. No, no, no. There we go. All right. All right. Um, so you and I uh, were kind of going through some things today, and uh, we, we've been trying to decide what we're going to do because we came to the conclusion we're not going to be able to record next week. I will be out of town. And so we were trying to figure, can we do two episode recording? And so you were like, hey, I've got the ability to do a two episode recording if we do X, Y, Z. Here are some topics. Let's, what do you think about that? I think what we're going to do is actually just make this one a little longer and break it in half. And then we'll just release it in two parts. Um, but the next thing that I, I was fascinated about was um, this. And I'm just going to read it straight from uh, your text message because we've touched on this in terms of, I think, talking about the problem but not some of the solutions or, or how to avoid the, the trap falls of this. And so uh, you had just texted and said, I'm getting more into Jeff Durbin's stuff. Uh, have a weird feeling that if I lift him up too high, it will make him fall. Um, I don't think we ever discussed the right way to look up to someone without idolizing them or whether there is an inherent danger to looking up to someone which can't be avoided. Um, and I, I think that's great because I think you're right. I don't think we've ever truly discussed how to avoid the pitfalls of that. Um, let me ask you a question specifically pertaining to this, uh, Zach, have you been, um, communicating with, uh, with, uh, Durbin 
Um, no, I mean, I, I haven't interacted with him. I, I've been following Apologia Studios for years, and uh, I've, I've been into his his stuff. I love what he does with the uh, kind of unborn uh, and and uh, trying to preach the gospel to people who, who might be getting an abortion. I, I, I love his kind of snark, and I assume you also are into him giving his background. Do you know his background? No, I don't. Oh my gosh, dude! Look into this a little bit. This guy, uh, uh, world champion martial artist. Oh wow! Uh, he did like uh, the Hollywood stuff. Uh, he had his own karate schools. Uh, he has black belts in several different disciplines, and uh, even like video games. Yeah. Like you play some video games, and you're actually the motion capture on a lot of the stuff is him. Like oh, Mortal cool. Kombat and uh, like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like yeah. He's yeah. Donatello and Michelangelo and stuff. So he's he's had quite a um, career in that stuff. And also at the same time, his life was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, doing ecstasy and, you know, his marriage was falling apart. Uh, and then he, he got saved and God called him into ministry. And so he, you know, he's really got an interesting background. I just, one of our, our, uh, listeners on our, uh, discussion group had posted about a, a thing where he was a debate where he was teaming up with James White. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I watched that, and it was fascinating. Um, it, like that, one of the atheist uh, guys, like afterward, was like getting in his face and like wouldn't move aside. And I'm like, oh, this is such an interesting thing. <laughs> I mean, Durbin could literally just like wheel kick this guy into the next century, and right. he's just so meek, you know. And meek- meekness being like power that's controlled, right? You know, like. Right. Not being weakness, but being like uh, a stallion that chooses not to trample you, and and to see that kind of change in his heart and know what he's all about now, I I really I really dig him. I don't think his like weekly news comedy thing he was trying to do was very funny, right? But right. I respect the crap out of him trying to do it, you yeah. know, because there was he just saw this need, and and I think he is a pretty funny guy and a, a pretty what they put out it, it it's it's culturally astute. And I just like it. So I'm, I'm going like as my sort of fanboyness grows, mm-hmm. I'm going, now, hold on, Zach. You know, you've just seen a bunch of people fall. And I don't really – you know, that was, that was meant to be tongue-in-cheek. I don't really think me um, like holding him up is going to make him fall. But like right, right. I just have this weird irrational fear of it. Yeah. Like uh, after especially everybody, you know, when um, Harris fell, everybody uh, away from the faith and, right, and, right. and everything. Um, he described it himself as falling away. Everybody said, this is just another reminder. You know, it's not about any man and, and it's true, mm-hmm. but, and you know, is there, there's a certain amount of safety in looking up to someone like Spurgeon because he's not going to, they might discover something, but probably not. It's, he's not going to turn around and disappoint us tomorrow. Right. Um, but right. I, I don't want to live in a world where I'm not allowed to look up to someone and say, I really appreciate that guy. I follow his stuff. I trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's he's cool. I'm I, I'm sort of in a sense uh, a, a disciple, not meaning instead of of Jesus, but like following Jesus along a similar path and right. going here. Here's somebody who's just really who's prominent and who's doing well, who seems to have a, a sense of humility. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I have this like knee jerk reaction, like pendulum swing now, where I. I don't want to follow anybody, right? <laughs> um, and and follow Jesus after anybody. You know, I've got to go lone wolf it and and make sure that anybody whose sermons I like is just like super super um, 
under the radar and and the opposite of famous. And I don't know. I, I feel like there's got to be a right way to look up to people without idolizing them. What do you think are some of the safeguards we can put in place? And I think maybe a difference between, say, us and uh, – Doc and Devo, those guys who threw us under the bus I know, right? uh, yesterday, <laughs> guys, um, is that they would have written out like an article and they would just go through it back and forth, whereas <laughs> oh, we're just going to have a discussion. Um, right. So, so it may not be as polished, but like in your life, there are people you look up to uh, sure. who aren't your pastor or maybe even when, when it is your pastor. Sure. How do you, how do you make sure that's not going to turn into if they – A, if they fell, it would – shipwreck your faith and B, you're contributing to slash enabling um someone getting puffed up. Yeah. And and yeah. doing them a disservice. Yeah. Um man, I it it is hard because, you know, I think um I this is gonna make me sound so something. I don't know if it's gonna make me sound good, bad or what. It's gonna make me sound something. Probably bad. Probably. I mean, you know, well, that, that's all right. That just gives us more fodder for the uh, for the podcast. Right. Um, honestly, I don't I don't have heroes like that. Um, I I love Greg. I love Greg's preaching. Greg and I are good friends. If I were to find out some horrible scandal were to break about Greg, I would be I would be sad that my friend has done this. This is, you know, I have a relationship with him. That's not going to stop the relationship that I have with him um, in my friendship. Now that will change the dynamic of his pastoral care over me. Absolutely. But that doesn't change my friendship and my relationship with him. And that's not going to, in one sense, make me look at him any, any differently. Um, It will, it will cause me and, – and I say this because things like this have happened before to me. Um, and when I was very young, I used to hear about these stories and then when they actually happened, you know, it was just – it was completely just mind-blowing and devastating. And it's not that I've become numb to it and I'm like, you know, there's just no point and no hope. No, I mean I form very tight bonds with with people and I have – close friendships with people. And there are people that I do look up to and trust and respect. And, um, I, I constantly am, am referring and talking. I have ties down in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, ties through my wife, uh, who grew up down there. In fact, the old church she used to attend is where Katie Y now preaches. Like that was her church growing up. And, um, on the other side, I have family who is very involved in uh, elevation and, uh, you know, knows Ferdy and everything very well. Um, I have always said, and, and you know that there is, you know, I mean, we did a whole podcast on things that I, you know, thought Kevin DeYoung just should have remained silent on. I mean, you know, we, we did that podcast, um, what was it, two or three years ago now? And I would still, if, you know, it were to come down to it between the two churches, I would still go, you know, and visit Katie Wise Church because I, I know the type of preacher that 
he is that I've come to expect. He's someone that I would still listen to, you know, on a regular basis. Let's say some big scandal breaks about him. That wouldn't necessarily make him rise or drop in my mind in terms of, you know, who, who he is. Now, let's say he dropped to the point of, you know, you know, maliciousness and, and really just, you know, like, like let's take Josh Harris who has just totally come out and thrown everything he believed by the wayside. Um, my investment in Josh Harris was fairly substantial because I, I read, um, several of his books. Um, I, I saw him speak on a number of occasions, but it also, it wasn't like devastating because I, I wasn't putting everything in him. It's sad to me because to me, he's throwing every, the baby out with the bathwater. He's throwing everything out in his attempts to do whatever. And so for me with him, it's kind of like I've used this as sad. There are a lot of people who are very close friends with him. They're mourning this relationship that is being devastated um, because, you know, the things that that should be at your core and have in common with this person, uh, he's totally flat out, you know, rejecting and pushing away. Um, but somebody comes out and, you know, the, there's the scandalous sin and it's like, man, they're broken over this. And, you know, they, they turn around and have this point of repentance. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's still my friend. You know, this is still, I'm sad because of everything that is now going to impact them and their family on such a deep level. And that, and that breaks my heart. But in terms of who they are as a person, um, you know, that, that really isn't changing. Does any of that make sense? Or are you just sitting there like, man, you're, you're out of it. Let me go ahead and talk for a few minutes. Well, no, what I'm hearing you say is that you don't really have, an answer because you don't really have a problem to be answered because you, I don't know why, why do you think it is that you don't tend to, uh, you know, gravitate toward say when he was alive, RC Sproul or I know you've talked about Alistair Begg and, and Mm -hmm. I mean, I would think, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like doing what all these guys at the uh, Doc and Devo conference seem to be doing where I'm trying to model my look and sound and vibe right. after uh, Jeff Durbin. I don't have – I can't grow that kind of beard. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, like so, so the way that you kind of tend toward if someone um, – if you're going to quote someone or if you're going to mm-hmm. read someone or if you're going to listen to someone on the radio, um, it, it's, a, it's a hero in the sense that it's a hero in the faith. It's somebody who makes right. you – um, want to be a better Christian, and it's someone who who seems to have some answers uh, mm-hmm. and not have it all figured out. But um, you know, they know they they're very skilled at pointing you toward the the you know the same Jesus that that they're following and that is helping them be sanctified in a way that's helpful. Yeah, and they're, they're even in that. I think I think that's how most of these things start. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted. There are people who, for whom that's what that's the main thing that you right. know that that whole vibe. The yeah. people who they get the sixteen eighty nine tattoo, and I'm not talking about Joe Thorne, but but they get the 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 John Calvin tattoo. They you know they shave their head bald and wear the righteous wretch T shirt. Mm-hmm. You know whatever, and 
that's more about it's more about that. They care more about that image than they care about actually following Jesus. There are a few of those out there. Yeah. But for the most part, I think it starts in in the same way. Like one of our first podcasts was who are some of our heroes? And, sure. and you had answers then. I don't remember exactly who they were, but Well, um, it, yeah, and and so I mean, I guess I guess the point of having heroes, yes, but in terms of them what happens in terms of if they fall, um I, I don't know that 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 so much is, you know, worrisome to me. Um, and I mean, but I guess part of that is because I, I assume, you know, I assume they're going to fall, you know, and I mean, hopefully, you know, not huge, but like, I mean, David, I, I love, I love David. David's always been one of my heroes of the faith in the Bible. Um, man, uh, did- based on what I saw on Twitter this week, you're not allowed to love David. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, when God stops calling him a man after his own heart, I'll stop loving him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I mean, but David, I, I've just, I've always loved him because it's a very real example of a man who had so many very visible struggles and, and very visible outwardly sins, even, you know, a, against a nation um, and and yet his heart for turning back to God and repentance was just so so strong and I and so for me like if 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 somebody like that is one of my heroes in the Bible um, I mean and and all the stuff that he did and I and I read what Paul says you know I'm the chief of all sinners and and Paul is you know one of my heroes and so if I'm I'm reading what these people are saying and what these people are doing and, and what is being written about them under the inspiration of the Holy spirit. And I believe this stuff to be true. Then I've got to believe that it doesn't, that the stuff that they do doesn't stop them from being like this. You know, David doesn't stop being a man after God's own heart and, you know, arguing, you know, did he, Rape Bathsheba was a consensual and, and making all those arguments and going through all that stuff. It doesn't change the fact that God still called this man, you know, he still said he was a man after his own heart. And so, you know, the question then becomes, so it, it wasn't the, the bad stuff that he did and it wasn't, you know, necessarily the good stuff that he did. It was, again, it was the righteousness of, you know, Christ that was over him, um, you know, future, past tense, all that, you know, stuff. Um, and so to me, the, yeah, I do. I have heroes. Alistair Begg, I could sit here and I could name several heroes and I could, you know, we could go back to that podcast and those would still be my heroes. But I don't think that there's, there's anything that they could do to, uh, again, I guess, unless you're talking about like, you know, um, uh, Josh Harris, who's just totally like, I'm done with all this stuff. Um, and I mean, in this case, he ceases to be a hero because he's, you know, but it's not, it's not devastating to me to lose that. I feel sad for him and I pray for him that he will, he will come to recognize the truth again of, of the things that he used to believe. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, and yet, if somebody, even if someone's not saying, you know, my my faith is grounded in their faith, because then you have, 
you have vicarious faith at that point. You have uh, what the medieval church taught, which right, was right. if you just say, I'm with the church, whatever the church's doctrine is, you don't even have to know what it is. You're covered. You're good. Right, right. Um, and, you know, instead of like the, the modern 21st century American individualist way to do that is to say, I'm with this guy and his brand. Right. Uh, and I may not even know exactly. And I, I one time had – uh, somebody who was uh, fairly involved with our church and left to another church, and and, I, and the church was a little bit wonky. I'm not going to say what tradition it was, but I'm going to say uh, it was it was on the outskirts where where even in like the early 20th century, the SBC was was uh, putting out pamphlets mm-hmm. uh, to warn against this group right, as right. a cult. <laughs> uh, and I said, "Do you know what they teach about baptism?" And this person just stopped me and said, "Whatever it is, we're for it." I'm going, okay. Um, certainly that is one, one way to check yourself when you're, when you're kind of in per, placing yourself in somebody's sphere and in their camp, um, to say, now, hold on. I'm not going to just rubber stamp whatever they say. Yeah. And I've gone through a few, like when I was newly, uh, a Calvinist. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is during seminaries. This is, you know, this is more than 20 years ago. Um, there were a few people, uh, like the, all the guys on the white horse in, I said, yeah, that's, that's my stuff. I've listened to a bunch of them and it just sounds like a, it's, it's like drinking sweet, pure water after having sort of been, uh, downing, you know, something out of plastic bottles where you can just taste the carcinogens, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and so it was so refreshing to me. I, I just kind of like, if you want to know what I believe, listen to these guys. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of them said stuff. It wasn't it, – there was no fall. It wasn't heretical. It was just like I, I, I grew a little more in my faith. I, I had learned an awful lot about the Bible and my own tradition and started to think, you know, I, I have to be critical about what I hear even from, from them. I still think they're great men of the faith. Uh, I, I would still love to meet them and I, in shaking their hand, I wouldn't try and downplay that. I was a little starstruck. I won't think that'd be sinful. Right. I would be like, wow, this is super cool. Right. Um, just like when, uh, Greg had that weird little kismet thing where he, he bumped into sprawl sure, and, uh, sure. had that in and it, you know, there's a sense of, wow, this is a brush with, with a great man of God. That's okay. But you're, you're going to have to make, I'm going to make sure that everything you say is can, in in keeping with the scripture. I'm right, never going right. to get to that point where, and there are, there's, I think there's a great danger to if when people keep encountering followers who just, whatever you say, that's good enough for me. Yeah. They tend to think that of themselves eventually. It's a danger anyway. It's a temptation. Right. So that's one way I, I think is to just say, I'm never going to get to a point where this person becomes a capital A authority for me. Right. I will maybe put more stock in what they say. Um, if someone, even even with something like, I've known people who, when they encounter Bible difficulties, mm-hmm. whether it's Josh McDowell or Lee Strobel or uh, you know even even somebody like uh, uh, oh good grief, who's that guy? So Slick Matt Slick or somebody mm-hmm. where they go, I go to that person and they fix it for me and they take away the the bad feeling that that Bible difficulty. Well, hold on though. Right. Uh, you want to struggle with it too. There's right. a, there's something good in that in struggling with these things yourself. Right. And and if you just let someone else's spiritual experience because he's a big shot become your own, that vicariousness, I think, it, it's bad news. And then the other one is if it ever becomes divisive, right? I mean, oh, yeah. 
when I say it's okay to follow Jesus after uh, certain people, you know, in the tradition of certain people, that, that's okay. That, that that was going on in the book of Acts in a good mm-hmm. way, but it was going on in Corinth in a bad way. Right, right. right. I follow Apollos. I follow Peter. I follow uh, Paul. Oh, no, well, I follow Christ. So, right. you know, and, and if we see that starting to happen, and that's happening so much now, too, um, I, I follow – uh, J.D. Hall. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, to begin with, you're you're uh, you know rethink that move, son. But uh, <laughs> or I, I'm more of a you know uh, into these dangerous like uh, Harley looking guys because that's my my background. But oh no no, no I'm a more blue blazers and khakis guy. And right. we yeah. we divide over these stupid things instead of saying you know what probably all these guys have something good for me to learn sure. and guys being gender inclusive. You know, right. I, I, I'll read Jen Wilkin. I will, I will listen to, uh, Beth Moore mm-hmm. and I'm definitely not going to stop, uh, binging through, uh, an awful lot of sermons from Sinclair Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know what? Some of these people probably wouldn't want to be associated with each other. Right. But there's good to be gleaned from all of them. And when I stop viewing them in that way as I can be blessed because God's using people and start thinking of them as this is my source of how I'm going to think about the Bible, how I'm going to approach every issue, uh, there's a danger in that too, I think. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, more to, to what – I was saying a little earlier, I was thinking more along the lines of what do you, what do you do, you know, if, you know, this, the scandalous thing happens, like, what do you do on your end? Because again, it is me listening to Beth Moore, you know, Jeff Durbin, these people, unless I have a relationship with them or I know them or I'm part of their congregation, I'm not necessarily feeding the, the ego and the star status in them. You know, I mean, I might be contributing in some way if I'm buying materials from them and things like that. Um, but you know, I mean, I, if I, if I, you know, all of a sudden start listening to, um, you know, does Beth Moore have a podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. But let's say she did. And I started listening to it. Me listening to her podcast isn't necessarily going to, in effect, you know, bump up her ego. I mean, I guess it could, you know, if she's like, Oh, there's another listener on my, you know, on my count. Um, but I feel like the star status is from what you're talking about. It's these people who benefit and they start over praising the things that they're doing. Um, you know, it, it, it becomes more than man, you know, I, I appreciate this message because, of X, Y, Z. It's, Oh my gosh, you are the, the best in the world. And the, the, and I mean, come on. I mean, that's got to feed into the ego so much. And so when you're on that broader platform, it, it, I would assume it would become ultra difficult for that person, you know, to stay humble and to, you know, stay grounded and centered in, in Christ and in the word of God. Um, you know, um, but I don't know. Those are my thoughts on it. All right. And, and for the most part, I think that's a crowd thing. Like no one person can make or break 
right. uh, someone's view of themselves. But in in the shadow of a million different warnings, not to you know uh, overexalt any any man or, or right. woman. How how so? So you're just saying you you have no interest in kind of putting yourself, you know, if someone says, describe your, your, your religious views Mm -hmm. uh, to me, you're like, all right, hold on. I'm going to read you the statement of faith from Christ fellowship, or I'm going to just wing it and kind of describe the, the Baptistic non-denom doctrine. Yeah. Or, or, or could you possibly say, I don't know, are you familiar with X? Like, I mean, I honestly could say, are, you know, I really like James White. Yeah. I I really appreciate um, a lot of what I hear. Uh, Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. you know, if you listen to that kind of stuff, you hear sort of a lot of the same sorts of things that I emphasize and value. Sure. Um, and, and is it, is that intrinsically dangerous, I guess, was kind yeah. of my my okay. sub question there. Sure. I, so I, I don't think it is intrinsically dangerous to say, yeah, if, if you want to know what I think and I, what I believe, you know, th- this sums it up very well, you know, and, or if you're familiar with this person and you listen to them that we have similar thoughts and ideas on these things. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, I, I think you hit it on the head when you asked, like, who could I point to? I mean, I, there's a lot of different things. And, and I think part of it just has to do with my background. I grew up in very extreme denominational situations um, all throughout my growing up in formative years. Very extreme and different denominational situation. I mean, when I was, um, you know, first uh, – introduced into the church setting. We were in uh, a Nazarene church. I can remember being in a Salvation Army church for a number of years. I can remember growing up and being in Baptist church for a number of years. I can remember um, being in Assemblies of God and Assemblies of God slash non-denominational. I can remember most of my teenage years was spent in an Advent Christian church. Um. I don't even know what that one is. So I a degree in religion. So ba- the basic tenet is they, um, th- the main difference would be they believe in soul sleep. So that would be their, their big distinction in, um, in, in the faith is they, they believe in soul sleep. I think um, Luther did too, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. One, one of them did. One of the bigger reformers did. Um, when I was in college, I went to a Wesleyan church. When I came, uh, when, when I was right out of college, I was in a Southern Baptist church and now I'm in a more reformed church. And so my formation of many, you know, having all those different backgrounds, um, over the years, like if you were to point to, to one thing that I, you know, like, okay, who do you most align with? I would probably say I most closely align with Reformed Baptists, except for the fact that there are several key things in there that um, we we differ greatly on. Um, you know, mainly um, women's role in the church. 
you know, so I, I haven't quite found someone where it's like, hey, you know, we could sit here and, and you know, agree on, you know, X, Y, Z and, you know, this is who I most closely align with. And I think part of that, too, is uh, even after being and doing this podcast, I mean, you know, you go into a lot of the reformed um, communities out there online and it's like, you know, they have 101 different things that they think reformed means. You know, and it's like, well, you got to believe all these things. You got to follow this confession. And then you go to another group and you got to believe these things and you got to follow this confession. And, and so like, to me, I think there's a lot of hodgepodge out there, or there's a lot of, there's a lot of people trying to streamline, um, you know, doctrinal statements so much that even in some of the minor things, uh, they, they, they just become so major, um, and I don't know if that, in all honesty, I don't know if that has kind of soured me a little bit on like trying to find a hero that I can be like, hey, this is who I most agree with. You know, Greg and I agree on a lot of things, but we also disagree on a lot of things. Uh, name know. three. Um, one is the role of women in the church. Um, another Suss one. Suss that out. Suss it. Um, Suss. So I actually have uh, no issue with uh, women preaching. Um, on Sundays, uh, that doesn't bother me at all. If a uh, woman were to stand up and give a sermon on a Sunday, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, so, uh, you know, short and sweet, that would be, that would kind of be one thing. Um, I mean, and there are a lot of other nuances, actually, if you want to know more specifically, you can go back and listen to one that Greg and I did, I don't know, four years ago <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, so that, I mean, that would definitely be one. Um, another one would be, uh, while I say I most closely, um, associate with reformed Baptists, I, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, and I could very easily, you know, attend a church that, um, sprinkles instead of immerses, uh, that, whoa, I know, right. You're ready to quit me. Aren't you Zach? Podcast is over. <laughs> We're done. We're done. This is the last one folks. And you would sprinkle with the flat Mountain Dew. That's right. <laughs> um, now, with that, I I do believe that immersion is um, is the biblical form of baptism, but it wouldn't stop me from going to um, a church that sprinkles. That that's not a showstopper for me. Like this is what I agree with, but. Um, for Greg, this was that was actually kind of a showstopper for him when deciding to, you know, um, uh, join uh, the Presbyterian uh, Church. Um, to me, that's not that's not a showstopper. Um, so that would be another one, and then a third one. Uh, I would say I get back to you next week, but uh, this episode is probably going to air next two. week. So. The King James Bible, Greg doesn't recognize any other Bible as authoritative. <laughs> uh, no, we're, but, we're you know, ESV you, all the way, baby. When you when you trot out things even with your own with your own pastor that that you're not a hundred thousand percent on the same page, mm-hmm. I think it, it it points out one more danger, mm-hmm. um, and that is if you with with any with any uh, leader, mm-hmm. if you allow that. Uh, association, especially if it's with somebody, you know, who's who's very well known for 
a few emphases. Yeah. And that tends to happen with people with big platforms. Sure. Uh, I've brought up the example a number of times of like Jack Van Impey. Mm-hmm. General Baptist uh, teaching from this guy and emphasis on memorizing scriptures of all types. And then over time, he slowly realizes, I feel I put butts in the seats. I put uh, the numbers, you know, the, the people tuning in if I'm all about the end times. So people mm-hmm. who kind of find their what what it is that gets the most reaction for them and they roll with it, they're not likely to to evolve much. They're, they're going to stay on those issues. They're going to stay on their talking points. And if we too tightly hitch ourselves to a hero here and there, especially when much of what makes you gravitate toward a hero might be their, their vibe, mm-hmm. their um, way of speaking and communicating, even like their, their fashion sense these days. Oh, yeah. It's so arbitrary to then say, okay, I'm not going to ever move beyond this. Yes. Uh, and if, if you're not willing to break with your, your sort of paper popes, you know, and say, I still respect the heck out of that person, but it's not really where I am anymore. Yeah. Then you, you've given them too much power uh, yeah. because they are able to kind of arrest your spiritual development uh, when they probably don't even want to. But, but just by virtue of uh, I've got I'm, – I'm so bought in now. Right. You know, the fallacy of having – of sunken costs, like I, I've already um, – you know, there, I don't think there's any problem with buying someone's merch or, or buying their books or even sure. like uh, their, the T-shirts and stuff. In fact, you should go buy these go to 11 T-shirt right now. Absolutely. But uh, from, from missionalware.com. But, but to, to say I, I've given myself total permission – to to break with any of their positions and to someday in two or three years say, you know what, I'm no longer in that season of my life where mm-hmm. that person is speaking to me what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. I, they were at a time and they and they helped me move forward, yep. but now I'm somewhere else. And that naturally seems to happen apart from uh, this massive reach that that uh, media has right now, social and otherwise. Right. Uh, so I think that's a, a, a good kind of third, uh, I, I want to say guardrail to put in place. And I don't know where a third guardrail goes if you're on a road. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> It's the median. <laughs> yeah, it's the one that keeps you from going oncoming traffic. Right? It is, uh, you, you've got to, you got to be willing to, and I would even, I, this may be more, controversial but i would say and i know our scott clark ricky scott mm-hmm. uh would, would definitely agree with it disagree with this rather vehemently and his ilk uh which is one reason ironically why i've kind of distanced myself from some of that that set mm-hmm. even like your your confessions that you hold to yeah when you read in the scriptures it's it's important yes to remember i'm part of a confessional community if you subscribe to a confession but they're not the bible right and if you come across something, um, you know, like you say, you have a few things uh, where, where you don't 100% agree with your pastor. And I, I would hope everybody at my church probably has a couple things where they're like, yeah, when he says that, I, I, it makes me go to the scriptures, but mm-hmm. it hasn't quite convinced me. Right. That's good, you know, that, that you're, you're driving, it's driving you to the scriptures. But, uh, you know, someone like, let, let's at random pick, uh, oh, Joe Thorne. Um, he, 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 on that program, they'll, they'll actually say again and again, like, uh, we love, we love the 1689. There's a couple things in there that we think are a little off. Right. Uh, and I think that is a very healthy 
relationship to have it or, or to say, you know, I, I'm convinced by all of it, but to say I'm open to mm-hmm. at some point saying, you know what, at this point I, I have to say I can sign my name to that with one tiny asterisk. Oh, no, end of the world, right? Right. <laughs> as long as you're not saying – I would rather say I, I have an asterisk when I sign my name at the bottom of the, the Philadelphia Baptist Confession or whatever than I have to put these asterisks on the scriptures right. to say I'm – I, I twist my understanding of it to fit this document. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you this question, Zach. Um, so let, let's say, you know, there, there is someone that you're following. You know, you're geeking out on them hard and, and you know, they, they do fall away or they do fall out of grace, whatever it might be. Is their stuff all of a sudden now all tainted? To you yeah, that's or? a good question. I, I think – I don't think it should be. Mm-hmm. Like when, when Tullian's stuff was all ripped down from a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. I think I think Roseboro kept up a couple things of mm-hmm. his and, and got some I, – I, I may be wrong, but I think it was him and I think it was with Tullian's revision uh, and got some flack for it. And he was like, why would I take it down? It's solid. And if it mm-hmm. wasn't with Tullian, it was, it was definitely Roseboro. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, you know this, this stuff – it, it everything comes from the mouth of a of, of a, a sinner, uh, and God can speak. God spoke through a donkey once. He can speak right. through any person. <laughs> uh, and if it's so, if it's truth. Now, if if it's Tullian Chivision on um, being a, a, a faithful husband, probably just take it down because of the irony value, right? Uh, but at the same time, dude, I think it does sort of become. Uh, tainted in my mind, like I couldn't mm-hmm. use it very much, mm-hmm. just because it would bum me out too much, and mm-hmm. and I would, like I don't even listen to MXPX anymore, which was a band I was obsessed with for two decades because I found out that they kind of disavowed the Christianity, and it's not that I think their music's worse now, it's just that it bums me out. The the albums I used to put in all the time from the nineties, yeah, I hear th- them talking to unbelievers, and. I'm going, everything you're saying to these people, you need to hear now. And it just, I, it doesn't pet me up and, and, and get me going like it used to. It drags me down. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, there, there was um, stuff that I used to listen to, Mike Warnke's uh, comedy. Yeah. And when he was discovered that he was just lying about it and using it to make money and, and kind of a con guy, I, I put it all in a, a drawer somewhere and I haven't found it again. You know, it, it it rang false to me. Yeah. But I, I mean, Joshua Harris's book should be chucked because it's unbiblical, not because he, right. he, he <laughs> fell away. Um, if, if tomorrow it came out that R.C. Sproul had seven mistresses, you know, one in every port, it would blow my stinking mind. Right. Like I, I'm not in, in the shoes. It sounds like you're in where nothing would phase you because you're ready for everyone to, to fall away. I'm not like mm-hmm. it would, it would really trip me up, mm-hmm. but I would not, uh, delete all of my vast archive of renewing your mind. I wouldn't throw away all of the many RC Sproul books that I have that have it really filled me with because they're still full of God's truth. Right. Yeah. No. And I, and I agree 100%. I think, I think it is important, you know, to, you know, remember that truth is truth. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's like you said, if it's coming out of the mouth of a donkey or, 
you know, uh, people are acting like donkeys, you know, it's still, um, truth is still truth. And we need to remember that any truth that is worth us holding on to is going to be grounded in scripture and is going to be grounded in the word of God. And so that's ultimately what it should go back to is, was the truth that was spoken, you know, coming from God's word. It doesn't matter the mouthpiece that it was coming from. It, it's, it's, was it God's word that it was grounded in and soaked in? Is it, is it, does it still ring true from that you perspective? Know, I, I still even read some of the books written by, um, oh, who was that guy? Uh, David, King David. Yeah. Um, even after he, he got thrown under. Here, here's, a, here's a real example, though. Um, R.C. Sproul Jr. Yeah. Uh, who, he, there was all sorts of weird stuff with him. One thing was this Ashley Madison. This was years ago. Right, right. Um, Ashley Madison, in which a case I was like, wow, even in falling, this guy, like, blew me away with the, his sense of grace where he like, he barely fell. He like, yeah, yeah. He, his wife had died. He was in a super dark, lonely place. Yeah. And he was like, he, he like used an old email logged into that, uh, hookup site for like 45 seconds. It, it was confirmed. He never did anything on it. He was just like, what am I doing? He logged out and he never went back in. Yeah. Um, but then when the, the hack happened, he said, you know, this, I'm not going to ever deny this. This might come out. It probably won't. It's a weird, obscure email, but I'm convicted. I did this, and I'm choosing to step away from the ministry for a year or something. Right. Um, then a couple other things came out with him with like um, different issues. I, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to go through them. Um, but I still show regularly a DVD uh, called Amazing Grace: The History and Theology of Calvinism, mm-hmm. and I think some of the he, he, both this, both of the doctors Sproul are on it. I think some of the most brilliant stuff comes from RC Jr. Yeah, um, and yeah. I mean he's he's even got into like uh, the infant uh, the pedo communion stuff and yeah. everything. Um, and I, you know I'm not on the same page with him there. Sure, but when he talks about uh, the 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 five points of Calvinism, well, it, it's great. And, and so yeah, I'm. I think one of the beautiful things of being a Christian is we are all acknowledging right out of the gate we're all broken vessels. Right. And so I'm going to take everything with uh, the the person who's speaking gets the grain of salt, not what they've said necessarily, as long as what they say comports with the, the word of God and is subject to it. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And – you know, it, it's funny. This is this is why I preface the beginning of my statement with, you know, I don't know how this is going to make me sound, but um, you know, it's I it I don't want it to make it sound like I I show no emotion and and I you don't cry. Th- well, that's that's true. <laughs> that is true. I don't cry. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to add a rule on the discussion group under <laughs> "Don't mess with Nathan." He's a purple belt. Twenty bonus points for anyone who can make Nathan cry. <laughs> boy that's hysterical um but at the same time like there's some messed up stuff going on in the bible with with people god chooses and you look at you look at that section in hebrews the heroes of the faith there's a lot of messed up people in there and and they do a lot of messed up stuff and yet god still uses them and so i've just i've really come to the point where i don't I don't want to be shocked per se 
at, at the depravity of man, you know, that, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is strong. And even for believers, you know, the things that we can find ourselves in is, uh, can, can be, can be devastating. And so, um, you know, spiritually, I, and I mean, it can be devastating physically too, but I don't want to ever be at the point where, you know, like it, it causes me, and I think this is the, the, the most key thing. I don't want to be to the point where it causes me to totally reject the person who sinned because I'm in such shock at the fact that a human sinned, you know, um, because those are, those are some of the things that I remember experiencing growing up was like this, this person sinned and all of a sudden they were, they were the leper and the outcast that now God's grace couldn't touch them because of what they had done. Um, and, and I remember even being young and hearing some of those things and being frustrated with that, you know, and, and again, I think part of it too is maybe, maybe I am a little desensitized because of experiences and things like that in people falling, um, I would hope it's not like, oh, I'm just not going to expect anything from anyone. You know, I mean, I do have, you know, relationships with people that I would consider consider heroes of the faith. Um, I have distant relationship with people's that people that I consider heroes of the faith, and I have what I would consider, you know, a one sided relationship where, you know, I know they exist and I listen to their stuff. Um, but I I never want to get to the point where if if one of my heroes falls that it shakes me or it shakes to an extent that relationship that I have with them. Yeah. And I mean, you told me that Alistair Begg called you about that loan you gave him. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he still hasn't paid me back. <laughs> uh, he, he, the thing with Alistair Begg is that accent is infallible. Whether he is infallible morally, it's that, pretty that, clear. Right. Nobody is, but that accent, man, can do no wrong. That's right. And, and you start bringing in like the Gettys singing with that guy and, you, and you, you know, that that brings up a whole other issue we could have gone, which would, would be musicians and stuff. But, right. but you know, with, with all these people, there they're may be a rock star, but – they have the same struggles we do. And if I think, I think at the end of the day, if there's just one rule, if you just bear that in mind, yeah, th- then you're not going to wind up, you know, it's not, it's not dangerous to look up to people, right? Not to put them on a pedestal or on an altar and make them an idol, but to look up to people. It, if you never do that, um, I, I fear you're going to miss out on being challenged. Uh, even Paul, he admits he's the chief of all sinners, right? And then he says, emulate me while I emulate Christ. Right, right, exactly. Well, I emulate Christ, but, you know, do it. So that's, I think that's a, a good place to bring that. I, can I make a suggestion and then can I make a, a, a plug? Sure. Suggestion is maybe just leave this one big long episode and people can cut it in half if they want to. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, because I'm good I, with that. I, 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 don't, I don't want to make any extra work for you and I don't know where, where it would naturally break. Um, <laughs> And the the plug is, I know that I've already talked about it, but people have got to see the chosen. Uh, oh, I've been showing yeah, it yeah, you have, every yeah, you Wednesday did talk. through October. We've been watching it. People have been blown away by it. 
If you go to studios.vidangel.com slash the hyphen chosen or just Google the chosen, you, you can watch these things for free. Yeah. And my gosh, just this is a, the kind of tool that would make someone who's never really thought about Jesus, to whom Jesus doesn't seem like a real person who ever walked the earth, I think would would really connect with them and make them start thinking about Jesus' claims. And I think even more likely it's going to – like a lot of people whose faith has started to feel a little bit dry mm-hmm. – it has a chance to to re-moisten it with their tears. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not yours so much, but right, right. but other people. The, the average, <laughs> the average person. Um, yeah, the average, the average person who who uh, feels who is, things, is movable. <laughs> um, the non-robots out there. Have you seen any of it yet? No. You got to check it, dude. Watch it with your wife. It'll, it, it's so good. It's one of those things where a, a Christian didn't rush uh, either in his career by like going, Oh, I, I want to make movies and I just got my film degree. And so I'm going to, you know, raise a little money and go, or in, um, you know, the, this particular project, it's clearly just the product of tons of time, tons of skill, amazing performances. Uh, the music is done, um, largely mainly by, uh, the guy from jars of clay, Dan Hasseltine. Okay. Uh, nice. It's, it is. It's as good production-wise, uh, writing-wise, performance-wise, as anything you can watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Sweet. Uh, it's it's great. I, I'd like to. If there are some people in the the these go to eleven discussion group who have watched it, I'd like to see some discussions about you know what 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 has really spoken to them about it because I want to talk about it. When I watch things, I want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that if I can't, then that steals 90% of the fun of watching them. Right. Right. Uh, so I, if you, if you ever get a chance to watch it, uh, you know, especially if you can, if you can watch it with your wife uh, or, you know, watch it with your wife and your, and your, uh, your boy there that, you know, it, I don't know. Do you still have time uh, with, with a, a 18 year old or 17 year old or whatever, or is his social life? Oh no, proud? he's, he's in college right now. Okay, so does he have time to – is he with you still, living with you? No, he's in Illinois. Oh, no. I'm sorry, man. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, he went to uh, – he got accepted to the University of Illinois, so he's out there. Do you still see him? Uh, not not so far. Um, you know, he's a typical teenager in some respects where uh, he could very well show up on our door the week of Thanksgiving break without telling us, so – um, <laughs> you know, so that's just kind of where he's at, you know, uh, but, uh, we, we hope to see him at some point. Yeah. Well, I wanted to hope after having a relationship of for years right. and living in the same home <laughs> that you would see him again. <laughs> well, if, if you do happen to be able to see this, I think it would be an awesome topic for us to discuss for a, for an episode too. Okay. Um, you know, because there, there is the, the question of it's, it's the plot of it is largely fictional. Right. right. Uh, okay. They they take they they put all these different things going on in the lives of the disciples that they're guessing at, and I think it's an interesting discussion. Is that okay? How much is that okay? Is it going to confuse people? Mm. Um, you know. So so you know, check it out, and okay. and, and you know, everybody listening, check it out. Tell me what you think. Tell us what you think about this brand of you know, not just saying we're going to retell the Gospels again as a movie. But we're going to make a TV show that says, what if, you know, what, what might this have looked like? How might 
these people who all lived in Capernaum, which is this teeny tiny little town. If you go there, you're blown away by how small it is. Mm-hmm. How might they have brushed shoulders with each other in everyday life? What might they have thought about each other before they all started following the same Jesus? <laughs> it's it's fascinating stuff. Nice, nice. All right, I will definitely plan to uh, to put that on my list so we can we can do a podcast on it. I will definitely keep that in mind. Um, so, well, we are you know, right at an hour and a half here. Um, we still have one more thing we could talk about, Zach. I don't know if you got to go quite yet. Uh, I probably have seven minutes. Okay. Well then let's not bring up that one more thing yet. We'll, we'll save okay. it for some other time. <laughs> I have a feeling that that's going to take a little bit longer than seven minutes. So we'll save it for another time. All righty. Um, but no, this is, uh, this has been great. And I, uh, you know, uh, feel like, uh, it was uh, one of our one of our better ones. I was excited as we were talking about this. So, um, well, let's see what the people think. People, throw it up on the discussion board. Do you think this was one of the better ones, or what do you think was the best podcast we've done so far? Yep, yep. <laughs> no, no hints, Zach. No hints. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, any place that you listen. Please rate and review us. It helps uh, you know drive that up a little bit so that people can find us easier. Uh, and other than that, Zach, we just rock the Casbah. These go to eleven.